Hallelujah. He is wonderful. Can you tell your neighbor he is wonderful? Amen. Tell your other neighbor he is wonderful. Tell him he's mighty in power. Holy is his name. Oh, glory be to God in this place. We came here to worship him. Amen. For he is wonderful. He is mighty in power. He is awesome. If you can join me to open up your Bible to 2 Chronicles, uh, the seventh chapter. As we are beginning this new year, uh, decided to deal with being set apart. Another word for that could be consecrated. Another word can be holy. And if we do not understand, God told us, commanded us. Wasn't a choice. Tell your neighbor, wasn't a choice. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. That's what he said. And matter of fact, he said it emphatically enough that Jesus had to say it one more time. And told him to be ye holy as your father in heaven is holy. So just tell your neighbor, just be holy. But the problem with being holy is that we can't be holy. That's the problem. And so therefore God knows we cannot be holy. So he provided a way for us to be holy. And that provision came through Jesus. Jesus, we know, died on the cross for our sins, and he defeated death and rose from the grave on the third day, spent some 40 days with the disciples and apostles, appeared other places. Then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And now that he's high and exalted at the right hand of the Father in his proper place, we have a mediator. That intercedes on our behalf, that has our names on his lip. But only if our name is in the Lamb's book of life. And if your name is in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus has declared you holy. To be declared holy means that you didn't do anything. He just simply spoke it. It means that you don't deserve it, but since I took on all of sin for you on Calvary, I'll take on your wickedness and I'll put on righteousness. And so that's how we are holy. Now, as we're looking under understanding how we have been set apart through the blood sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we're going to get into the time machine. We're going to go back to King Solomon. That, that's, that's, that's Jesus' great, 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 great grandfather. And we're going to go all the way back and look at how Solomon sat back and looked how God allowed him to build him a tabernacle and Solomon was able to build him a palace and how he spent time praying to God. But God showed up to him at night. Aren't you glad that God answered prayer? He prayed all day, but God answered him at night. We, we know how, how we may not get our answers when we want them, but God will give them when you need them. And so as we're looking in Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter, I'm going to start at verse 12, reading from the New Living uh, Translation. If you're not there, say, hold on. If you're there, please say, let's go. 
Amen. Let us travel together so we can hopefully arrive to the same conclusion. Amen. The word of God says, then one night the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this temple as a place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you. Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Verse 15, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. Praise God for his word. Uh, Dealing with the series for this month, Set Apart, I'm going to title this message, if you will, Seekers. God is looking for some seekers. This text we have here, I want you to get the proper context, and then I will get with the application. But I, I, I know we use this verse in the 14th verse of Second Chronicles 7, chapter so much and so often, how it has been the theme for many of revivals and consecrations and many a, a, a pledge in people's lives that this is going to be my verse, this is what I'm going to live by, which is good, which is great. But if you look at the proper application of this verse, it deals with the temple. Uh-huh, I got a few people with me. God showed up to Solomon and said, I heard your prayer. Uh, Solomon did not know we existed. He was not praying for Zion Baptist Church on 7th and State. But he was praying for the children of Israel who are called by God's name. Uh, in the 5th chapter, in the 6th chapter of Second Chronicles, Paul has already set the priests aside, had them all consecrated, and they were playing music and singing, and God was was blessing. He filled the, the place, and then he prayed, and this was key things in his prayer. I want you to look in chapter 6 at your own time. I won't be there long, but if you look in chapter 6, Solomon is seeking God in prayer. As he's seeking God's in prayer, Solomon's God's servant asked, hear Israel's prayer was his one request. He also prayed that God be a righteous judge, that every time they brought something before his throne, that God will be righteous and judge and defend the weak. Aren't you glad God can defend the weak? He can defend the helpless. Those of us, many of us realize in 2010, we were helpless. We didn't know if we were going to have a job, but God defended you some way, somehow. You still had a job. Some of you might have lost a job, but you had some other employment or somebody provided some food for you. Somebody gave you a drive home. It's amazing how things don't work out how you want them, but God can show up, supply something right there for you at the right time. And he prayed that, God, if your people are defeated, have you been defeated before? Have you been let down before? Have you had people persecute you before? But he says, if they are defeated, God, will you take up their, cha- their, their charge? 
He says, Lord, your name and pray. And he says, if your people return and confess your name and pray and make supplication before you in this house, O God, uh, then will you hear from heaven, forgive their sins, your people Israel, and bring them back to the land which you have given to them and their fathers. He was saying, he was seeking, say, God, I seek your face in this prayer that you will be a righteous judge, that you will defend your people if defeated. And if they are defeated, God, that your people will repent and seek your face from where? This house. And God, you will hear from heaven and you will forgive them their sins and you will heal their land. Then he goes on and says, Lord, even if there's famine, even if there's no rain, if there's plague, if there's pestilence, Lord, will you still hear from heaven if your people once again confess and seek your face, repent of their sins? Will you hear from heaven? He even goes on saying, Lord, even if your people are defeated and driven off to a far land, they can no longer catch us. They can no longer go into the house. But if they face your house... And they repent of their ways. Will you not restore them and bring them back? He prayed for them to repent when they fall. Solomon knowing that, we, that his people, just as we are wrecked with fallibility, he asked God to see that they remember his name. Aren't you glad that God knows how we are wrecked with fallibility, that we're destined to fall short? He knows that we're unable to keep every precept. He knows that we are unable to be pure-hearted, pure-minded 100% of the time. Some of us are so high-minded, we're probably we're, double, we're checking ourselves now, saying, no, that's not me. That's not my problem. See, that's why it's your problem. Pride has got into you. See, see, when we think that we are better than we actually are, we're allowing the enemy to let us know that I am better than God because I know I've kept all his precepts. When you know for a fact uh, you don't know everything that's in the word. But you're going to say, I keep everything. Jesus says, if you broke one, you broke them all. My Lord. And the problem is that Solomon knew this, so therefore he had a condition in the prayer. God, we know we're going to fall short. But if we do these things, if we seek your face, if we repent, if we humble ourselves, Lord, will you restore us? Will you hear from heaven and will you hear the land? Y'all catch that? I, I want you to realize that Solomon understood that as he was seeking God's face in prayer, the only way you can seek his face properly in prayer, you have to seek him according to his will. See, God's will is that we be holy. Solomon realized, Lord, you desire for us to be holy. So therefore, since you desire for us to be holy, I realize there's some pitfalls in my part of trying to be holy. Because as I try to be holy, I know there's going to be some times I fall short. And when I fall short, Lord, I will come back to my senses. And when I come back to my senses and I turn back to you, God, my prayers that you have not forsaken me. You have not forgotten me. You did not leave me abandoned, but you will hear my cries. That's somebody's prayer today. That the Lord will hear your cry. Because it's a blessing thing when somebody hears your cry. That means help is on the way. I got excited when I said, I'm going to say that one more time. I'm glad when God hears my cry because that means help is on the way. 
Wives, does a baby cry? Baby can't talk, but he can go wow, wow, and it will cry till help shows up. Because if a cry goes out and nobody hears that baby cry, you know what's going to happen to that baby? That baby will die. But when a cry is heard, the baby is picked up, all of a sudden the baby just feels better. Many babies die not because of starvation, but lack of love. A lack of love, but our God knows that he needs us to carry us and be there for us. And Solomon realized, Lord, we, my prayer that you hear us, that you hear us. Look, look how specific it is because Solomon realized how God hears our prayer. Even a prophet Elijah realized that he, he was messing with the Baal prophets. Uh, I'm about to get back to the text, but I just want you to grab about how important it is that God hears us. The prophets of Baal were crying out to their God who they made with their own hands, who gave them ears, and they gave him eyes and so he could not see them nor hear them, but yet they cried out his name. Elijah had some fun with them saying maybe he's asleep. Yell a little bit louder to wake them up. Then they got desperate. They started cutting themselves and, and saying, you see us maiming ourselves for your sake. Oh, Bell, hear us. And, and Elijah realized, your, your God ain't answering. It's my turn. Let me show you how good my God is. Uh, yes, the sacrifice y'all prepared that your God was to come down with fire. Well, I'm going to show how good my God is. Give me some water. Pour, pour, pour water on. That's not enough. I want you to soak it. Soaking so much that the trench that he dug around was filled with water. Let them know that. There's a whole lot of water over here, y'all. And then he just sent down and prayed to God. And fire came down from heaven and consumed. I like how it says the King James said, it licked up the water. I mean, there was nothing left. And then he says, my God is real. You see how we are desperate for our God to hear our prayer. Because we know we fall short. We fall into circumstances in our lives. We fall into predicaments in our lives that we are unable to answer. We are unable to take care of. But yet God is able to satisfy them. And so, therefore, when Solomon prays this prayer, look, God comes to him at night and answers his prayer. And look at God's response. Because the response, again, is based on the temple. I'm going to get to the, our, our application, how we need to walk this out today. But look at it. God says, if I do sin. Pestilence, if I shut up the heavens, if I do do this, what does he say? But if my people, God is showing Solomon, look here, I heard your prayer. Yes, you did pray that if plague came, if pestilence came, if I shut up the heavens because of your disobedience, right, 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 your sin will cause me to punish you. Aren't you glad that God's a judge, a, a righteous judge? Because, yes, yes, he does punish sin. Because if he did not punish sin, some of us would not be alive today. And I want you to grab this. Grab this. Because, look, the wicked, he does judge. Because there's some wicked people that, will, that all they want to do is kill you. But since God judges, they can't get to you. He keeps the enemies away from us. Uh, come here, Bible. Come here, Bible. Um, King, uh, there's a man that's still praying you told us, you even sig signaled with your ring that they should no longer be praying in this city. And he's praying to you. He's praying day in, day out. Got the windows open. People see him praying. Bring him in. Who is it? Daniel. Oh, no. Daniel, my friend, is it true that you're saying, yes, king? But I have nothing to defend against you. Oh, throw him in the lion's den. King fasted and prayed that, that Daniel be all right. 
He runs out early in the morning. Daniel, did your Lord save you? King, I am well. <laughs> Daniel had enemies trying to get him, trying to knock him down. But God was able to defeat the enemies to keep them away. He shut the mouth of the line. Come on, somebody. Do you understand how people are out to get you while you're serving God? But when God realized that you are his people and you call on his name, he's able to shut their mouths, able to make them be quiet, able to make them have no harm against you. That's why Isaiah says there's no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With God, all things are possible. So I want you to understand that God is a righteous judge. And says Solomon knew so. He says, Lord, we realize you're a righteous judge and we will fall short. And but since you are faithful, O God, and we know we are unfaithful. But, Lord, your promise has showed us that if we confess our sins, if we repent, if we turn back towards you, O God, and seek your face, you will hear from heaven. And he's pointing out, he's pointing out the relation we have with our God. Many of us have blessed our houses when we moved into them, and we asked God to bless this house. But my question is, as you asked God to bless this house, did you have your heart set to bless him? See, Solomon realized, Lord, for this house to be blessed, we have to bless you in this house. I got a few people with me. See, the problem is that we want a safe house, but we don't have a house that is safe. Because we allow the enemy to get up in that house. We, we, we do not consecrate our, our house, our bedrooms, our basements, our garages for the Lord. We just do anything and everything within our house because we say it's my house. But then you would say, Lord, bless this house. I, I know we heard it before. I'll just say it again. You know, mess is not a guarantee to be blessed. Just because you're in a mess doesn't mean God got to bless it. Because many people put themselves in a mess. They didn't get out. They did not get out. Come here, Bible. Samson got himself in some mess. He woke up that morning, right? Shook his hair like he knew before. There was nothing there. He didn't know what. God left him. You see, when you get yourself in some mess, you leave yourself open for some mess. But when you say, Lord, I seek your face, your face I do seek. It's amazing how you move away from mess. And you get closer to the blessed. And so Solomon is pointing out that, Lord, we want to seek your face in the midst of the mess that we're in. Realize we got ourselves in this mess. It was because of our unfaithfulness. It was because of our sins. He, he did not say because your enemy, you allow, you know, it was the enemy's fault. He says, no, Lord, if you allow the enemies to come in, it is because of our sins. Solomon understood and says, Lord, we want you to bless this house. So we want to be a blessing to you that every sacrifice come, that every time we lift our hands, it will be a blessing on to you. Many of us make New Year's resolutions. How we want to serve the Lord better today. We want to get in better health. Or we want to be better stewards of our money. But I want to point out that still. If God's not first. All the other stuff does not matter. If God is not number one. Then everything else does not matter. Jesus says seek ye first his kingdom. And all his rights. And all these other things. Will be added unto you. I, I, I want you to realize. Remember what Jesus says. That you must love him more than your mother. Then your father, your husband, your wife, your brother, and your sister. Sometimes in our lives we need to check ourselves. As much as we love our family and our friends, we got to ask ourselves, do I love the Lord more? 
Because if we don't, then we can't love them right. He says, how can you love your brother? How can you love them right when you hate them? But you say you love them. Then you don't love me. Because you got to love your brother who you do see to love me. And the process is that to love the, our brother who we do see, we got to love in a way Jesus told us to love. That you will, well, greater love is than a man to lay down his life for another. And so the seeking of God will grab us closer to his word. Y'all catch that? When we're seeking his faith, it will draw us closer to his word. And then he says, seek, that, that he says that if my people, if my people are called by my name, he said, I will hear from heaven, I will, and they humble themselves, they pray, they seek my face, and they turn from their wicked ways. I will forgive their sins, and I will hear, heal their land. I want you to grab here that God will forgive us, and he can restore our land. The New Living Translation says he will restore the land. He will heal the land. If we look over in our Bible, many of the times of Jesus walking throughout Jerusalem and throughout Galilee, people cry out his name, right? The first point we find out why they cried then he says that he heard them. Oh, I should have got an amen or something. They cried out his name and he heard them. I'm going to come over here. Maybe somebody might be listening to me over here. They cried out his name and he heard them. All right, all right, a little bit over, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You see, see, I'm glad that when I cry out to the Lord, he hears me. Because many times they cried out his name to other folk that were walking with him, that were following him, told them to shut up. Told them, you're too loud, you're disturbing the master. But Jesus told them to quiet down. I think Jesus was a pen writer that hymn. He said, hush. Somebody's calling my name. Oh, hallelujah. Because he was excited. Somebody's calling out, oh, son of David, or Jesus, or master, can you heal me. And when they healed him, the word was he restored them. And when he restored them, they went away. And he also told them how their sins were forgiven. You see that principle still here right now that if we seek our God, if we humble ourselves, he will hear from heaven and he will forgive our sins and he will restore the land you see though this verse was was placed on the principle of that temple of that tabernacle that was built i i just want to drop you off y'all do not know yet that was destroyed but his promise Oh, his promise. Do you understand? And the Chronicle says, there's a, the Corinthians, there's a yes in his promise. There's an amen in his promise. God will never fail. God is not the son of man that he will repent. He will say and he will do. And so, therefore, I realize that no matter how times, how many times I fall short, it's 2011. I got 365 more days to make a mess out of my life. But I'm so glad by his grace he'll keep me day by day because it was left up all to my lonesome I know for no for so enough without a shadow of a doubt that today will be a messed up day 
but by his grace that woke me up this morning and my mind stayed on him. As I look at my father, it reminds me of the sin that's within. And so I have no choice but to humble myself and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Lord, I repent. And then my soul starts rejoicing because he heard from heaven. And I start rejoicing because he's faithful and just to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. So then I get on up and I put my head up high because I look for where my help cometh and my help cometh from the Lord. And now I'm walking with new strength and new power, realizing that God is keeping me. And since he's keeping me, I have a new walk. I got a new talk. I'm so glad he can restore the mess that I made in my life. He can show me how when I give God his, he's so enough will bless me with his. Did you hear me? I'm going to say that one more time. When I give God his, he'll bless me with his. Oh, I should have got some more people excited about that. I'm going to say it one more time. When I give God his, he will bless me with his. Because what I got is just a little, but he is able to supply all my needs. He is able to do above and beyond what I can ask or think. He is able to make my enemies stumble and fall. He is able to lift me up on a high mountain. I'm so glad. Good day, now Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But my soul just got happy as I think about how God is still keeping me. Is he keeping you? Aren't you glad? He's a keeper. Aren't you glad he knows your name? All he's doing is looking for some seekers. Are you seeking his face? Are you seeking his face? Because here's the joy in seeking his face. Look, 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 look. If you seek his face, he hears from heaven. He forgives your sins. He heals your land. A lot of us like to use New Year's as a reset button. We want to reset what all happened last year. We want to insert ver- verbiage in our vocabulary like this, like this year's been a good year. No, this year I didn't do this, I did not do that. Because according to the calendar, you're right, you have not. But I want you to understand that only with God first, you cannot reset. So you need to seek his face. And seeking his face will draw you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Seeking his face will take you out of stuff that is destroying you, that is weighing you down, that is defeating you, and will bring you to victory. Seeking his face will also bring restoration. Did he not see it? He will restore the land. He will heal the land. I I know some things in our lives, some things in our lives we feel can only be fixed unless we glue it together. But can I help you out with something? Some things in life can only be fixed unless it's broken. Some things in life can only be fixed unless they are broken. To fix somebody's leg, sometimes they got to break it to reset it. To fix somebody's hip, sometimes they got to break it to reset it. Sometimes in life, we have to break something in order for it to get better. So many of us need to realize there's some things that you've been holding on to that you need to break up 
and then you'll be healed. Then you'll be restored. So you need to humble yourself and say, Lord, I tried it my way, but Lord, let me do it your way. You need to repent and say, Lord, I have fallen short of your will. And Lord, I desire for you to make me whole. And then you need to seek his face. And God is so, so great. He will hear you. He will forgive you. He will heal you. Is that, do you want that blessing? Do you want that blessing? Because he will do it. It's right there in his word. Romans ten thirteen. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. First, Second Corinthians 7, 14 says, If my people who are called by my name. What's his name? Lord. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If my people who are called by my name. Come on with me. All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If my people who are called by my name, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see how that promise is still proper today. So all you got to do is say, oh Lord, I need thee. Can we play that? Amen. May we rise and we open the doors of the church.